welcome to the Soar Community Network podcast with your host, Malie Ponpadit. Here, inside our community, we help each other see, own, articulate and release our unique message and mission into the world. Uncover your gifts and talents, release your passions, own your purpose and let's soar together. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the SOAR Community Network podcast. I am your host, Molly Pompadith, and I am here today with a special guest. His name is Zev Halpern. Zev is the founder of Recharge Your Marriage Now, and he has been coaching and counseling uh, married couples for over 21 years, and I would argue that it's much longer than that. I'm so delighted to have you on our podcast today, Zev. Thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate your time. And I'd love for you to go ahead and just dive in and share with us, you know, all these years of, of marriage counseling, coaching experience. Um, what, have, what, have, what have you learned personally about yourself and your marriage? <laughs> I think I've learned that um, I work with individual individuals and couples. I found that couples... Very resistant, um, very challenging. Um, it's one thing for an individual to talk about their problems and what's bogging them down, but when you're talking to a couple, you're talking to a system, and sometimes that system is quite strong and um, resists um, many attempts um, at um, positive help because there's a certain status quo, you know, that exists inside. A marriage, and sometimes that's not a positive status quo. It's kind of boring status quo. People really aren't happy, but they're not terribly sad. But one of them just might be angry, and um, they just have a routine. And it's very hard to be the one to jump in to that routine and and let them know that if they changed a few things, uh, their life could improve significantly. Not such an easy thing. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me more about your uh, background and how you even got into or choosing the path of marriage coaching, because you could have chosen any path, really, in terms of counseling, in terms of, you know, psychotherapy. Why did you choose marriage? And, uh, you know, why does it matter to you that you're helping these couples? Well, it, from an experience point of view, it happened... I was the best man at a wedding, and the maid of honor was a counseling supervisor at a uh, large rehabilitation facility in Maryland, Virginia, and um, Washington, D.C., and um, I had just come out of graduate school, and she had a position open, and uh, so I went in and became the uh, person who everybody had to see before they leave. Um, before they started to pick up their life again. And it was a mess because they had left quite a trail. Um, And a lot of it had to do with their families, their children, their wives. um, They had um, put huge distrust, and uh, some of them didn't have it at all. So um, from that point of view, and from a point of view of people who ruin their lives, you know, from substance abuse, I got a really good... 
um, perspective on how that works. And it drove me to start my own employee assistance consulting firm where I had contracts with companies to help with their employees uh, who were having issues um, either supervisory or at home. And again, you know, one of the biggest and the major issues of substance abuse and family problems. So here I was again, kind of thrown into a dealing with people who were dealing with life on a regular basis um, and not doing a great job of it. And um, they were being sent or, you know, they, they opted to use the company's program. So I, I ended up working with marriages. And so it just seemed to make sense to me that after all that, and you know, I kind of um, moved away from the employee assistance field as um, the insurance industry changed in a huge way. And I said, you know, I'm going to set up a practice and uh, I'm going to deal with couples because it's challenging to me. Individuals, I really like to work with, but couples are much more challenging. When a couple's before you, it's um, much different than, than individual counseling. So there was a progression and it ended up um, in, that, uh, in that realm um, because a lot of problems that couples have are some t- substance abuse. That's one of them, you know, a major issue. Someone has the, or some secret problem that the spouse doesn't know about. And then when it comes to light, um, all hell breaks loose. So for some reason, you know, the, the magnets of the world were pushing me towards working with couples. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, it has uh, enlightened me about my own marriage many times over. Sometimes when I'm awake and sometimes when I'm asleep, (laughs) because uh, it's a it's, you know, people are really struggling. I really believe that people are struggling to get along. They're not struggling to not get along. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff stuff in the middle of that. And uh, people marry and then they change or one person changes. And um, there or there's ebbs and tides in a marriage. You know, somebody's really not up to anything. They're just in a different way and they're not in the same way. And they they might come back to it. And sometimes that happens. Um, But I really, um, you know, wanted to be, you know, in a place where I could help people, you know, be supportive and uh, help people out, you know, and be an intervention um, to this. Um, They need a push. Couples. Sometimes they need a push or a pull to get their relationships moving in the right direction. And the coaching, um, it can open their minds and hearts to opportunities they never would have come to without intervention. They would have stayed in this negative status quo, um, angry, um, or it would just gone the way of divorce, you know, the D word, um, which, which happens much more often. We have a we have so much to cover today because you have a lot going on in terms of your brand and what's out there. But as you're sharing, uh, if you would allow me, you know, permission to ad lib along the way here, um, a couple things I heard is really that you love working with couples. And the question would be maybe for some of our audience uh, members who are listening. Well, what if I'm not married but I'm in a relationship? And um, is it only couples that you'll support? Because you know, there are plenty of folks who may not necessarily sign that piece of paper, Zev, but they're pretty much married. I mean, they've been together, they live together. Um, so just talk a little bit about how, you know, have you been able to work with those couples as well? And are you open to it? There are lots of those out there. Yeah. And, uh, 
and they do find their way um, to the door. And I'm always open to that because what what shows in that situation is that there's some kind of um, pull, commitment, something involved that's keeping these two people together. And um, they're looking for a window. They're looking for just a handle, uh, a rung to pull themselves out of, of, you know, of a situation. So just like married couples can have issues and these issues, issues can be based on many things, work pressure, stuff they've brought back, you know, um, brought up the hill, baggage that they brought with them from their families. Um, there's all that. And um, they're, they're in a lot of ways, they're a little different, but not completely different because there's the whole legal reality mm-hmm. for them. That's um, right. But they've stayed together nonetheless for years and years without anybody, you know, with mom getting them to sign a document. That's <laughs> <So>. right. <laughs> well, you, you've been at this for over 20 years, as we mentioned, and that says a lot uh, that you still love doing it, number one. <laughs> uh, what, I, what I'd like to know is with all of those years and working with countless couples, um, especially in the marriage realm, what are some of the biggest issues or concerns that, you know, um, someone would come to you for? I, I'd love to just get an example, like from your perspective, what are some of the key, maybe top three to five issues that lead someone or couples or maybe one partner to seek help and then hopefully the other partner will will agree to it? What are, what are the top issues? Kind of interesting that you say that because sometimes one couple does seek help and they change radically mm-hmm. while the other person stays the same. And, and sometimes it gets ahead and you can't catch up. And there is that. So it's kind of interesting that you mentioned that because people are driven to get help and the other person doesn't. And this person change gets clarity and the other person has no clarity. And they know where they want to go and they know how they want to feel. And they know they don't feel good um, in this particular relationship the way it is right now. Um, but I would say um, people... Um, Couples don't all of a sudden, you know, in the middle of the night say, hey, let's go to a couples counselor. <laughs> let's get couples coaching. You know, they don't do it. Usually one person is really distraught, has been distraught you know, for a while and really uh, makes a call. And sometimes just just to find out, you know, investigative, what's it going to be how, and, and help in getting their spouse you know, to, to come with them. But the big problems they bring are uh, distrust, um, sexual problems. One wants more, one doesn't want any, one wants some, one wants a particular kind. Um, Money, you know, uh, our world, there's tremendous struggle um, with money and how to use it or how to to deal with money and the fact that that people lose jobs and that changes the nature of people's self-concepts and um, they act out, and it certainly affects their marriage. Um, in-laws, because there's a sandwich generation, people in certain age groups are dealing with their elderly parents. And many, I mean, if you talk to many people, they'll tell you, you know, the um, late-night jokes about uh, mothers and mothers-in-law. Um, you'll hear them. Um, but, uh, I mean, lucky for me, I had a great mother-in-law, so I never had that um, issue. Um, I think really, though, in in all these years, the biggest problem is how we deal with anger and managing our expectations in marriage. That's a huge, 
issue that people just they don't know where to go with it. Um, they don't have any um, guidance on how to do that. Uh, they weren't taught that in school, in church or synagogue. Nobody gave them a heads up that, hey, you know what? Here's what some of the things that might happen when you get married. Now, I'm a guy. I like when people give me a heads up about <laughs> something. And I personally think that we should be giving people a better heads up early about the realities of what happens when you get married and, and, and um, ways that you can offset um, bad outcomes and manage expectations in a way where you might get what you need mm -hmm. instead of sitting there being angry that you're not even getting close to what you need. And uh, why did you sign on for this in the first place? You must have been out of your mind. Um, it's a, you know, if you imagine the marriage as an enterprise, um, it's a, very complex and um, deep relationship that two people have, and um, they think together. There's groupthink, um, and they just some some people can't extricate themselves um, out of this mess. And uh, I think for me, one of those the biggest things is don't try to extricate yourselves out of the big mess. Let's find something that you share in common that that's on the other side of the mess put the mess on one side put the two of you on the other remember that the two of you were um intimate you actually had intimate relations amazingly um, <laughs> sometimes they look at each, you know look at me and with kind of a weird look you know i go yeah you, somewhere along the line you guys you know who knows you know you did it in crazy places um you couldn't get enough of each other you you know, all you wanted to do was touch and talk to each other for hours and hours. And then what? What happened with all that? Um, you know, life happens. And uh, life puts a, a big whammy on marriages. It's, it's a, it competes with happy marriage in, in many different things. And if someone came from a relationship where there were issues in, in, in the family structure or the parents, a lot of that is repeated where you don't even know that's going on. And that's the most amazing thing to me that people can't see that a lot of times they've chosen a partner so very close to the to the people that they've they've grown up in. Kind of like the cave you grew up in. Mm -hmm. um, you gravitate to the familiar, even if it's not good for you. You know, and a lot of times it's really not good for you. Don't gravitate you know, necessarily to the familiar, um, because sometimes the familiar, when the smoke clears, um, can be a nightmare that you're back in the same situation again. And, and even worse, the other spouse has enrolled you to play a certain role for them. You know, we play roles. Humans play roles all day and every day. And in marriage, sometimes we're getting recruited without even knowing it, you know, to be a caretaker, to be a um, breadwinner, to be um, somebody who, a therapist. Um, there's a long list. Right. Um, well, I can imagine, Zev, too, that there are different um, needs or, or topics or issues that come up in stages of marriage as well. I mean, maybe or maybe not. This is where your area of expertise comes in. For couples that are just, you know, newlyweds, for instance, and they, come, they, they get into this marriage and now the first year goes by, the second year, by the fifth year, you know, things may not be as 
bright and sunshiny as before and then you have kids come in the way uh, in terms of you know uh, attention and time and then you've got the marriages that may have been you know been together for 10 15 years or maybe seven and beyond and and now they're kind of like okay they're entrenched in the marriage they're invested uh, but I'm sure that there are other things that come up in terms of mindset and emotions and then you've got the 20 plus 30 years together I mean what have what have you seen and found do people come to you at different stages for different things or are they all essentially the same needs when you look at everything absolutely different and different times because two different people got together and whether it was early in their lives or whether it was late where all of a sudden they found some epiphany you know we have epiphanies human beings (laughs) and they're not timed Mm -hmm. very well and sometimes the epiphanies of let's live life let's travel Let's do this. And the other person's like, I don't want to go anywhere. You know, <laughs> I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do anything. And and it's, oh, I mean, what does that cause? I mean, that causes tremendous um, somebody to look out somewhere else, you know, to find things to do. And in the course of human events, when pe- when couples do that, sometimes they find other people. Um, and it, it, it's not like they set out to do that. Right. They just have needs that need to be met. And those needs kick in when, for some strange, inherent reason with human beings, we find somebody who all of a sudden makes sense. You could be there, there could be 300 people in a room and one person, the way they look, the way they're acting, the way they're, they're moving is the thing that's like, that's the one. And, and humans lock on. And, and, and so I think... Um, you know, your original question, people um, have problems all through. Um, they're different because, you know, it used to be called the seven-year itch. Um, it's, it's, it's a little earlier, I think. Wow. I think uh, the seven years is pretty damn good. Um, but divorce um, happens, you know, much sooner than that. And, uh, you know, because there's well, the whole issue, you know, the, the issue of the commitment issue isn't there as much as it used to be. You know, you can always, all right, so you made a mistake, you know, go back on Tinder, you know, and find somebody else. Oh, know? wow, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, I've heard it. Yeah. You know, people go, I can find somebody better than you. I'm tired of you. I'm tired of your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to live like this. And the ba- the cultural bonds are just much weaker. And the, you know, the, the um, legal profession is you know, well in place and ready um, to move people apart. Some of them, you know, I mean, the, the whole issue of mediation has helped. But when people get mad, that's already a whole different thing. So I'm early, getting help early, and I like that, people who recognize there's something wrong, and they act on it as opposed to waiting to the end when they're so angry at each other to the point of it's a, it's over anyway. For some, it's just a formality to come to a counselor. Okay, I'll go to a counselor. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, because, you know, I can't, but it isn't going to do anything. And, and they come in with that attitude and, and obviously it doesn't do anything. Right. Yeah, they've already, they've already uh, decided before they even walk through the door. 
So well, is that they too long? Too right, long. they waited too long. Well, the other question I have is, you know, can you give um, our listeners examples of how you've been able to turn a situation around that maybe at first you thought was just oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? This is impossible. Uh, are there that, any examples? I felt that way, Mally, before. I felt that way. What did I get myself into? You know, <laughs> sitting with some couples who have just incredible issues that to them are normal. To, if to others, it would be astounding. Wow. You know, what they've, you know, the mess that they've made or how they've, they've managed. But you know, I would say people... Um, they marry, sometimes they become like roommates, you know, they're together, they share life's events, um, but they're kind of homebodies and, you know, they're bored. Mm -hmm. Is this what all it is? And one of them comes to, you know, to a coach or a counselor and goes, is that all there is? This is what it is. I'm going to be making food, sitting down, watching TV and this is it. Um, but I, you know, there are many of those. And the thing to get um, couples like that doing is to do other things, is to get out of the house, is to get off the couch, is to try and do some things that the other person might like, even if you have to grin your, you know, grit your teeth a bit. Um, because a, um, I believe a, a marriage relationship is a special relationship, meaning we might do things for our spouses that we wouldn't we wouldn't do for other people. So. In, in a good way, if people did that, and I encourage them to do that, do that really special thing that you want, um, that you want to do for, your, for this person because you love them. And um, you might be surprised at how you get rewarded or find out what this person that you love really needs, not the stuff you've been giving them or the flowers you've been bringing them every week, which they throw away or they're just not interested in. Find the thing that they want and find one thing or two things and don't try to tackle this whole um, marriage mess um, all in one swoop. Um, also, couples, you know, a lot of them have stopped having intimate relations. Um, they begin to experiment other ways. The porno industry has created a huge diversion. Um, it used to be how to buy a magazine. Now it's all free. Mm -hmm. and that's and that's huge. And and um, people are are extremely distracted from their marriages. And also they by watching it they come. They, and I'm not judging, by the way. Um, they come to expect certain sexual behaviors or favors that they see on porno, which isn't always so easy for the other person, you know, to do since these are porno actors, right. you know, um, they didn't get into marriage to be, you know, a porno actor. Um, look, new positions, targeted foreplay, um, getting someone to realize that perhaps instead of groping for what you think she or he likes, you know, on their, um, in the sexual parts of them, you know, which is their whole body. Um, it doesn't make for good sexual relations. So they try some new things. Hey, try some new things, maybe some toys. Toys, Zev, then we'll be freak. No, you won't be. You know, again, you know, get the heat moving um, in a mutual way. You know, they both have to deal with the challenge of thinking that the sex that they've been doing isn't this, you know, isn't, it's just not um, working for them. So there are, there's a lot of things to try. 
And some people are willing to do that for the, for a person who they're married to. Others, never. Others, I'll never do that. You know, so mm-hmm. and the other person looks at you, throws their hands up and says, well, I rest my case. You know? mm, wow. You know, that, that's kind of like the. Well, my hat, my hat goes off to you for sure, uh, you know, in terms of the capacity to hold these uh, individuals and couples in a space where they can actually be free to share this. And I know it must be tough. Um, you know, the other question that I have, Zev, is, you know, as you're as you're going through all of this, uh, I know that there are different programs and different coaching opportunities based on the style and based on the preference of each couple. So can we touch upon, you know, the different the different offerings that you um put out there for these couples because they are so different, right? I mean, one coaching program may not necessarily be right for that particular couple. So I'd love for you to share what kinds of programs do you have available? So for instance, a spouse who wants to um, get their person, their their spouse into counseling or into coaching um, benefits from being with other spouses who are trying to do the same thing. Um, there's a great benefit that they're not alone. And, they, and um, I found that, that, you know, doing, um, doing groups um, of couples, of spouses, um, because that's a big issue, a spouse trying to get their other spouse to get help, um, a lot of times can do very well together and do well together. Um, also, sometimes some couples just need a bit of an intervention. You know, they need a push and a pull. They need kind of a jump start because it's just going the way it's going and it's not going to change and there has to be um, some intervention. So a short you know, bit of intervention. That, or there's people who have long-term issues and they're busy as hell. You know, professionals, they're working. They don't have the time um, to get the help um, that they need and they couldn't even think of getting it anyway because they're just, their schedule's too full. So I try to make it available for them, you know, um, over the web, which is a um, big deal for them because it, they don't have to travel. They can talk on the phone. They can talk on the computer. They can talk on the phone. Um, it, and it can be quite effective, uh, especially for the ones who are procrastinating and not doing anything at all. I mean, I, I think um, people go to counseling, you know, when there are problems. And counselors and psychotherapists and coaches use all different formats to try and get through to, to, to these individual couples. And, you know, mine is, is to use seriousness, but also to, you know, be a little funny. You know, humor is a big issue. And I try to um, infuse humor into this situation um, because I think we have to laugh. Um, at ourselves a bit, or they can laugh at me. I'll tell you one thing that helps. It helps so that they don't end up shooting the messenger. And because the message that I have is one that kicks up a lot of resistance and a a message that, you know, of of get help for your problem. um, Resistance is going to fly at you like a maelstrom. Mm -hmm. So you have to be, have to have um, tactics and ways where you can, you know, you're talking to two different people. They have to trust that you have both of their um, backs, not just one of them. Um, and and that has to come across. And I think I put that 
um, across when I'm dealing with people that I, I'm not playing favorites here. I get it. Um, these are two unique people who are bonded and um, they have to feel that, uh, you know, any good coach, psychotherapist with couples has to be perceived as having every having both parties back. And um, a lot of times there's there's court issues that um, they come to counseling for court issues. And, you know, I just never dealt with that. I always tell them, you know, if you're here for court or if whatever, it's better to find somebody else because, you know, I'm not going to be taking the stand. So right. I actually fill something out that says I'm not, I won't be taking the stand because I'm not interested in that part of their life. I'm interested in the kind of, can I help them? I can't help them in court mm-hmm. in any way, shape or form. Right. Well, thank you for that. And uh, I know that there is a list actually on your website under services and our coaching programs that lists all the different offerings you have. So for those that are listening who really want to dive into really looking uh, for opportunities where, you know, staff could help, please go visit the website at rechargeyourmarriagenow.com. Zev, you also have a television show and a podcast. Can you talk a little bit about your television show, where it airs, and basically, you know, what's what's the message for you, the different uh, interviews that you do? What's the hope uh, for being out there in that way, producing content? And uh, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the TV show and the podcast. Well, I think it's important to make, you know, to make information available to people. Um, a lot, there's a lot of this information that's packed into books or it's not in books. And I, I had this opportunity. I was offered this opportunity. Hey, uh, we could do use a marriage show on our, you know, community television network. Um, can you come up with one? So I was kind of faced with, hey, can I come up with one? It's a little different than counseling, you know, to get up in front of the camera and talk to people, a larger audience about um, marriage. But I thought that by be, by breaking real and by putting it out there, that um, I, I would feel good when people say, you know, Zev Halpern puts it out there. He's willing to put it out there. I like when I hear a speaker who puts it out there, who's not afraid to say the things that people don't want to hear, to say the uncomfortable things, um, to talk about sex when people don't want to, or they're you know squeamish, or um, that that other people say, look, hey, honey, listen to this. The guy's got something he's saying. I think that that creates... Um, more of a, a bigger universe for, for couples and shows that there's a lot of couples who need help. And um, when they tune in, and they, you know, they can get that. Um, and getting out there, for me, it was a personal, um, a huge challenge to all of a sudden jump on a TV. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in a book because of that. Uh, a book came out and, and the book talks about the whole issue of, of Zeb Halpern getting out there and going from coach, counselor to um, show host and producer mm-hmm. of a show that basically um, deals specifically with um, the reality of marriage. I mean, think about marriage on TV. Where do you see marriage on TV? You see it in the in the um, late hours because it's a wellspring of hilarious um, jokes. <laughs> and there's right. nothing... And there's nothing wrong with that. That's right. a good thing. As a matter of fact, in this year's 
um, you know, in our in the TV show this year, there's going to be a lot more of that. It's going to be more of you know, it's going to be like the marriage panel, people who are married or who have been married, professionals talking about marriage in the most candid and straight up, put it out there kind of way. And um, I think that will be well received. Um, and and that's what you know. It's been a real challenge to do that, and I've gotten some interesting feedback from people about it. Some no feedback. They kind of look at me, you know, because they 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 might be angry that I put it out there. <laughs> you know, their their spouse. You know, I talk about all kinds of things. I mean, that, that maybe they don't know about. You know, I'm a guy. You know, talking about marriage, and I have a certain perspective. You know, and I know um, that when I get up there, you know, look, I can talk about the fact that, hey, you know, your guy, he might be escaping, you know, to porn. You know, don't lambast him for it. You know, try to um, find a way to, you know, to get with him so that, you know, you can get those goodies you're looking for as opposed to sum up somebody else or him having sex by himself or, you know, which is going on in America, you know, all day long. You know, and, and that's just the way it is. So, um, well, what's the name of the television show and the podcast? So the show is called The Raw Marriage Show. And I chose that name because marriage is raw. You know, when you get married, you throw yourselves into this funnel and it, it can get kind of raw. And um, I try to keep it raw and real um, and you know, try to how do we get out of that? How do we? take that raw marriage that it gets to sometimes it's so angry and so um, filled with how could I how could I be thinking about this person that I love so dearly years ago that I used to talk to you know that I you know that I um, had sex with in my parents backyard you know on the sly how can I be looking at him or her now with such angry eyes it's it's hard to fathom but it gets to that because people, um, they get in this rut and they don't, you know, marriage is a very private thing. They don't want to talk about their failures. So the failure kind of leans in instead of reaches out. Mm-hmm. And so we have to reach into that mess and grab at it. And uh, I hope I answered your question. No, it's good. No, it was, it was great. And I know that it's also uh, not just in the television station. I know that's local and to Montgomery County in Maryland. But you also have a YouTube channel. So for those that are interested in watching some of those episodes who may not be in Montgomery County, because our listeners from all over the world, uh, please check out the YouTube channel. Uh, you know, just search for Recharge Your Marriage uh, YouTube channel. Or Zev Halpern, it shows up as well. And then the podcast is on iTunes and iHeartRadio this year, right? So congratulations. Congratulations on that. Yeah, and that, I mean, they get listened to. You know, I've I've seen, you know, the the downloading. People listen to it. Um, They see raw marriage. Uh, I guess there's something about that that attracts them to it. And, you know, on the podcast, we really, you know, let it go even more than the TV show because the TV show, there are limits to what you can say even though I push them sometimes. <laughs> you push that <laughs> limit. <laughs> I push, I, I'm always pushing the envelope, you know, as far as I can push it that way. Um, and, you know, I guess sometimes I've, I've had a bit of rebuke, but you know, 
I'm thick skinned. I can take some rebuke. <laughs> now if you meant the right cause. Right. You mentioned earlier a book. So the book is uh, called The Courage Too. So can you tell us a little bit more about like the concept of the book and then also your participation and part in the book? I know that it's a collection of um, you know thought leaders who are coming together to create this. So can you give us a little bit more information so about quickly, that? It happened through I was um, I joined a podcast group of people on the web and um the person who runs that podcast who runs that podcast website decided doug foresta decided to interview nine thought leaders because he interviews people all the time he has probably three podcasts and he said well why don't we put the the answers you know into a book but let's focus on um courage the courage to do something that was really uncomfortable for you to, you know, get out of your comfort zone um, mm-hmm. that forced you some overwhelming life circumstance that um, had you step up to meet the challenges, you know, that were thrown um, in your direction. In this case, I talked about numerous, you know, things. I'm a, I'm a clergyman's son. Um, I've been in the, you know, public eye all my life. Um, I stepped out onto this, um, television um, world. And that was very difficult. It was challenging. I would to say that I wasn't afraid or I wasn't scared. um, I'd be lying. Mm -hmm. Uh, Believe me. So I I put that, um, you know, in, in, um, even in synagogue, you know, I, I, because I'm a clergyman son, I have to get up, you know, and, and, um, so that's helped me. Um, and I think, you know, when you're good at something like, you know, for instance, I'm really good at softball and have been, for many, many years. And I've used that as a, you know, as a way to jump into other things. You know, the confidence that I got from that, I used to, I I borrowed confidence. I think we can borrow confidence from the things we do well. And um, with the television one, I had to. And I I started out in a kind of interesting way when when he asked me to write a chapter, I said, well, how would I start? And the, the only place in my life was in 1995, I was on this, you know, plane, um, that blew up. And, oh you know, I thought that that was going to change my life afterwards. I thought that those kinds of events, you survive those kinds of events, it changes your life. Um, but I, I wasn't, it didn't change my life. My life went on. You know, I had a, you know, a, a baby and um, a family. And um, it didn't, I didn't all of a sudden say, now my whole life is going to change. And I was surprised at that. So I think we have to take you know, if we want to move in different directions, um, it takes some courage to to um, to to make that happen, and uh, it's well worth it. Nice. Even though even though during it you might be scared. I mean, look, one of the things that that humans are scared of more than anything else. Some some say they'd rather die than publicly speak. So um, you know, I mean, the research is there, and uh, I understand that. I felt that. And um, each of the authors in this particular book put something out there that um, pressed them to reach deeper for, you know, the place inside of them where they could find the courage and fortitude to um, move on or to do something new um, or the message that they have is so important that it's worth the um, fear to get it out there. I think that was a big thing for me. I had a message. I wanted to get it out there. Um, and this was a big, 
big way in doing it. I knew it would be challenging. You know, it's it's such a fitting title uh, for the the book that just came out this summer, by the way, um, The Courage Too, and then also your participation. But in terms of what you do, it takes great courage to basically have um, the the stamina, I wouldn't say the stamina, but the um, the overwhelming fear, put that aside, of the outcome, but really reach out for help. I think for either one of the spouses to say, okay, we can't do this by ourselves. It takes tremendous courage to not just uh, speak that in your own mind, uh, but to also say it out loud and then walk the walk the steps it takes to get the help that they need. Like you said before, it's too late. It's scary. Mm-hmm. It's scary to do that. It takes great courage for somebody to say, you know, this is not good. Uh, this is not working. I can't do this anymore. I can't fake it. I can't smile. I can't go, you know, um, out, you know, happily in public with you because I'm not happy with you, you know, behind those doors and, you know, behind the doors of the world. You know, marriages flourish and fail, you know, and um, it's a it's a scary thing. I would also add, you know, one thing that I encountered, it seems a, something I could give the audience, something very simple. You know, we have a fright flight thing mm-hmm. that we do we're, when we're scared. And we're something, you know, a loud noise. We jump and we get away from the loud noise, especially when it sounds like an explosion these days, because we think who knows what we're in the middle of. But, but you know, that these are built into to our, you know, to the to our human bodies. We we run. And so imagine, you know, a guy coming home or a woman driving home from work and she starts she comes home and, and their spouse screams at them. You know, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Why? And, and it brings up the flight, fright thing, mm-hmm. response. Who wants to, you don't want to move closer to somebody um, who's screaming at you, who's telling you all the things you do wrong in life. You want to, you want to run so fast that, you know, you couldn't get far enough away. And I think people don't realize that their responses that they're trying to do cause quite the opposite. And if they knew that, um, like, how come she always runs away? Well, who wants to be around you? You know, you're like a, you're scary and you're going to yell and the children are going to be scared and everyone's going to be scared. And um, it's a really important thing. It does, when I tell people that, they do kick back a little bit and start to think about um, some of that, you know, that that anger and, and fear um, does not make for close closeness. It makes for running away and finding somebody where you can be secure and psychologically safe, as opposed to the object of somebody's scorn all day, all night. Right. Well, the Courage Two book is also available uh, on Amazon, and that's easy, easy, easy to search for. Uh, the Courage Two. Thank you, Zeb. Now, I would love for you, uh, in closing, I know we're, that was quick, and we're coming to the end of the interview now. But I'd love for you to uh, share with us some final words of wisdom when it comes to uh, mar- you know, married couples out there. Let's say that there is a feeling. Uh, either mutual or one person, one spouse is starting to feel that something is not quite um, in flow in their marriage, not quite the way that it quote unquote used to be. Uh, And, you know, instead of waiting forever until it's too late, they 
they're feeling like, okay, I think there's something off. What advice would you give them at that point? When they start to have that feeling, what is some of the, you know, more practical advice you might want to give? To find out, you know, to, to be able to be in a situation and if they can do it themselves, great. Um, but if not, to find somebody to help them, you know, break real. To be able to, I need to say this to you. I need to say these things to you because I haven't been hurt. And it's crappy to not be hurt. And every day I say them, you didn't say them. I say them every day. And you're not, and I mean, we like to be heard. Humans like to be, to, to know that people are listening to what's important to us. And I think that, um, that juncture that you that you presented is a crucial juncture because it's where some of them are going to get help and it's where some of them, you know, are going to go the other way and it's going to hit the fan and it's going to start to go south. And the red they need to recognize that if there's a, you know, marriages, cars needs adjustments, so do marriages. You know, your car breaks down, we break down, humans break down. You know, I was working in workplace employee assistance um, humans break down, believe me, and they they do it because there's um, pressures coming from many many directions. I encourage them to you know take action, um, not push it back on the back burner. I, you know, in response to your question, I think the best thing I could say is I've talked to so many people who two years before they're sitting in front of me. The one of them wanted to do it, and the other one said, "No, no, I can change myself. I can, I can, I can get it done." And two years go by in the same um, situation until finally they end up with somebody, you know, or needing the help, and the relationships even that further um, dysfunctional. And so it's important, you know, to recognize the signs. It's okay, all right. So sex, you know, just didn't go right, or you know, okay, you didn't get an erection. You know, life didn't end. Um, you know, you you please go. You know, I don't want to go to your to the in. You know, to your mom's anymore every Sunday night. Let's go out once. You know, they're compromises. Marriage is a, you know, again managing expectations and making reasonable compromises for each other, and not being just so self-involved that um, you can't do that. Right. Unless you're, you know, you've married a narcissist, you know, where you're in deep. Mm. <laughs> you just, you know, somebody who can't possibly think about you. Um, they're just not capable and they won't. And, you know, the sooner people get that, the sooner um, they'll be better off. But a lot of times they get trapped because, you know, that particular situation when it comes to me is a very hard situation when you recognize that one person does, is only is so self-absorbed and so narcissistic that they're not going to make progress. You can't help everybody. Right. And not all marriages should be, you know, um, pushed to stay together. Some marriages should consider their options mm. um, because otherwise, you know, they could be there forever and so unhappy right. and so angry. And it affects their children and affects people around them. You know, it has a certain kind of careening effect where it goes flying um, in other directions, even though we think it doesn't, um, it does. Right. So. 
Well, Zev, I am, you know, just encouraging uh, our listeners, if there's anybody out there who is in a relationship, who's married, who's feeling like, wow, this might be an opportunity for me to find some courage and reach out to Zev and have a conversation. Uh, obviously, if, if, if I have to say it, it's definitely going to be confidential, but certainly explore your options with Zev um, or anybody else. I mean, you know, the truth is Zev is right here in the in the local D.C. area, uh, but there is the Internet. There are t- there are telephones there are virtual calls that you can make. There's Skype and uh, anybody from around the there's globe. Help. There's, there's help. There's help available. There's right. help available. And, right. and, and, you know, read a book. You know, go to the bookstore and see what other people are experiencing so you know that it's just not you. Because thinking it's just you and it's just your failure is not going to help you. Mm-hmm. You, know, you need to get into that, removing the stigma um, of all that. Right. So, so Zev, uh, please allow us to learn more about you. How can, how can my listeners uh, find you? Uh, email, what is that? And also, where do they follow you? How do they access you? Well, um, at rechargeyourmarriagenow.com. And I encourage you to go there because there are so many really great free things that you can get, that you can read. There are guides for professionals free. There are guides for him and her. There's intimacy guides to, to get uh, the two of you started. Um, so I encourage you, these are free downloads. Please go to rechargeyourmarriagenow.com and um, go to my Facebook page. It has wonderful posts and inspiring Recharge Your Marriage on Facebook. And, um, or email me, you know, it's zev at rechargeyourmarriagenow.com. And uh, you'll find my phone number on the website. Feel free. Um, the only thing, you know, if I'm if I'm with other people, I'll be happy to get back to you very quickly. Great. So, um, thank you so much, Seth. And also, when you go to the website, there's also an opportunity for you to subscribe to get even more connection with Zev, with newsletters and tips and things like that beyond those great free downloads. So thank you so much for your time, Zev. What a wonderful interview we had today. Uh, It was very eye-opening and also engaging. And I know that our listeners have greatly benefited from hearing you in such a real way, uh, refreshing way, know that having them know that it's okay. These are natural, normal things that marriage, um, you know, kind of leads to because life happens. So I appreciate that you're allowing us to be open and honest with ourselves first, and then also uh, have the accessibility to you. Um, appreciate your time very much. And we look Thanks forward for to the opp- Thanks for the opportunity to put it out there. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, our pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the SOAR Community Network podcast. We value your listenership. We value you uh, as being a part of our community, and we will bring great content to you over and over again. So we'll talk again very soon. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of SOAR Podcast. Join us by visiting soarcommunitynetwork.com.